1: Let's get started. Hey everyone, wanted to quickly let you know about the release of the audio version of my book, The Entrepreneur Ethos, narrated by David A. Knesser. If you want to support the show, you can buy it wherever audiobooks are sold. Links are also in the show notes. Also, I appreciate everyone who leaves a rating and review and listens to the podcast. It means a ton to me. So, thank you so much for listening. Now, on to my guest for today, Ugi Durich, founder of Content Horse. Ugi may only be 21, but he's already experienced failure as well as success in building a business. After trying to help market bars and restaurants in Belgrade, he found his niche in writing content for SaaS companies and then launched his own content marketing agency, Content Horse. His newest venture is Padino, which seeks to incorporate podcasting into their client's content marketing strategy. Not surprisingly, soon Ugi will be launching his own podcast. Ugi shared some of his strategies that they use at Content Horse to produce good content that entices possible buyers to a site, stressing that it needs to be of high value and highly actionable. His team aims to set their content apart By doing their due diligence in researching what's out there, crowdsourcing experts, and remembering that in the end, it's people you're trying to reach, not some Google algorithm. He sees the promise of artificial intelligence in helping to do research, but believes that it's only people that can make great copy. Now, let's get better together. Ugi Durich. Welcome to the podcast.
2: It's my pleasure to be here, Jerry. Well, you know, I, it's
1: my pleasure to talk with you because we met through a cold email. And if anyone has ever heard me rant and rave about good cold emails, um, they will know that I get a ton of them. <laughs> and I actually send out a ton of them because it's my job to outreach, right? And I really loved your cold email. Um I think what's interesting is you also found me on matchmaker.fm. So there was like, you did the perfect kind of stock quote unquote, where you're like, oh yeah, there you are. Oh yeah. I'm going inter- to, you know, you know, introduce myself via cold email. I mean, cause I'm, I'm really easy to find. Obviously it's my email is pretty easy, but, but that, that's, that's just a beautiful thing because a lot of people try to do cold emails. They fail at them miserably. Like I said, I get a day, 20 to 30 a day. Um and maybe respond to one. And so yeah, yeah, one or absolutely. two. So so you you made it down the filter. But uh before we talk about what you're doing at Content Horse, Horse, sorry, and uh Padino, um, like I always like to say, start out the question with uh why don't you tell us how you got to do what you're doing today?
2: Yeah, definitely. So uh believe it or not, I'm like pretty young. Uh, I have 21 years. Uh so I started my first startup in high school when I was 16 and that was like some uh, local platform for finding the best bars and restaurants and after a year or so uh, we haven't made any money there and like we failed miserably but after that I continued my uh, entrepreneurial journey as, as the freelancer so I started doing a uh, digital marketing for restaurants, for bars in Belgrade, so on. Then a couple of years ago, uh, I got a first client, a first SaaS client, so software as a service, who needed content writing services. And then I was like, wow, this guy is going to pay me 300 bucks per month to write him like six or seven articles. This is going to be dope. I I had 17 years, 18 years at that time. And uh, that's how I uh, jumped into the content marketing and SaaS world. Uh, A couple of years after that, here I am uh, having an agency, uh, really like big agency in SaaS space, helping really great SaaS businesses to conquer content marketing and get results. And yeah, that's pretty much how I got here.
1: Wow, I didn't I didn't know that you were so young.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I am. I am actually. Well, I'm also I'm also expecting a baby right now. Oh (laughs) well, congratulations! That's even wow. That's going to age you too,
1: right? (laughs) You're going to be like no sleep and guts. Go great. Well, wonderful. Congratulations to you. That's awesome. And you know what's really cool that you kind of found the passion for entrepreneurship early. Uh, a lot of times um, it sometimes comes to people later in life. And I think it really depends on kind of your attitude and where you're at and what you want to do. And I'm always fascinated by uh, the people that start off something in high school and then sort of like, well, I think I'm good at this, yeah. <laughs> which sounds like you were. Um, and so t- tell us a little bit about kind of so you talked about content marketing. You talked about, you know, SEO and SaaS. Um, what, and, and I know you run an agency called Content Horse. And as, as everyone knows, like I have an agency too. Uh, we do PR marketing communications. We also do content, but it's not exactly what you guys do. We, we, we work more on the storytelling and the framework and the strategy behind it all. So um, someone hires us to like tell you what to do. <laughs> like, oh, this is what we need to do, right? Um, so tell us a little bit about, you know, Content Horse, how that works and what you're sort of seeing in terms of uh, content generation and content trends?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So essentially, Content Horse is the all-inclusive content marketing agency uh, for B2B SaaS companies. So we work mainly with B2B SaaS. Uh, We cover every aspect of content marketing. So literally from creating a content funnel, doing keyword research, overwriting high-quality content, building backlinks, Uh, towards content distribution and content conversion rate optimization. So we like to cover pretty much everything because that allows us to be in charge of the entire process. And then we are sure that we can bring real results to, to our clients. So that's actually what Content Horse is. As I mentioned, we work with B2B SaaS companies Uh, We helped LAMLIST to go from zero to 3 million in annual recurring revenue in less than a year, working with GetResponse, UserPilot, uh, Vitals, uh, helped also Chameleon and a really bunch of great SaaS companies. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what we do at Content Horse. Right now, we are around 15 people. We have around 15 people in our team, yeah, mainly content writers and outreach specialists. But we also have a, a couple of, uh, we call them like head of growth. So those are the guys who are with me behind the strategies that we, we do for our clients. So yeah, that, that's, that's pretty much it about Content Horse. Cool, cool. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it does, well, as
1: we all know, content is king, right? Content is what generates long-term results, you can always sort of hack a short-term gain by doing digital ads. I mean, I'm i have nothing against digital ads. It's just <laughs> I think it's literally a bad story tax. I keep on like trying to harp on that. And it it takes time to build up good content. It takes time to have a really like solid strategy. The first step in that, like I always like to say, is like, okay, what's the story of this company? What's unique about it, etc.? Um, and I like to I like the fact that um you know, a lot, lot more people are getting into well, it. Well, content's always been this way and it sort of goes through these ebbs and flows. And it's like, oh, let's go hack Google ads. And then it's like, oh, we need long tail SEO. And then they kind of, as the schism, people go <coughs> back and forth, like, how do I grow? How do I grow? How do I grow? And so, you know, as 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 the way you see it for B2B SaaS, I mean, what are some of the most effective ways for a B2B SaaS company to grow their content? I mean, of course, other than hiring you, but like, are there any kind of nuggets? You know, I know you've like, you've only been around for 21 years, so <laughs> you're actually probably pretty fresh at it. You're probably like, oh, I don't need to worry about what crazy uncle Jari says. He's been doing it for Is I've been doing this is longer than you've been alive. So, <laughs> 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 so
2: any, any nuggets on that? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, there are like really a lot of different content strategies that B2B SaaS companies can do, like uh, prepare SEO glossaries, uh, write guest blog posts, uh, do pillar cluster topics, whatever. So it doesn't matter what kind of strategy you choose. Uh, What matters is how, how you write your content, right? So we noticed that many, many companies, not just in the SaaS space, but in other industries as well, they're writing content for the for the sake of rankings, right? So they're writing content like uh, like the Google is actually their customer, right? They're writing content for the algorithm. They're not writing content for users and uh, human beings, right? So I think that that's something that's really missing in a lot of lot of articles out there. They lack that we like to call it human element. Uh, they lack the human element, and they are also not optimized for users' intent, right? So they're optimized for keywords, but they are not optimized for users' intent. And that's, that's I mean, that's the, uh, the main problem right now with content. Uh, another thing is that 98% of the content out there is pretty much the same, right? So if you want to get... Results from content marketing, you need to write content that's better than any other uh, out there. Uh, You need to write content that shows the real value. And uh, like you said, you need to write content that has golden nuggets inside, right? It needs to be evergreen. And the way we do it, so we actually, uh, for example, if we write about uh, best uh, e commerce user experience practices, e-commerce user experience, uh, what we do, we actually go out there and we talk with like 10, 15 e-commerce experts and we share their insights inside that article, right? Uh, then we also make the content skimmable so that people can easily go through it, find what, what they need to find and so on. And yeah, that, that's pretty much how people can write best content right today. So it needs to be super actionable, it needs to be super valuable, Uh, it shouldn't be fluffy. So for example, if the article is like best CRO strategies, uh, many people just write as one strategy, make eye-catchy call-to-action button, right? But like everyone knows that. (laughs)
1: <laughs> right, right. I mean, there is right. no point. There's nothing writing. unique about it, right? Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. So yeah, you need to be unique. You need to share value, and you need to write for for humans.
1: Yeah. No. I I spoke. Have you heard of Winter, the the uh, the testing platform for like landing pages?
2: I'm not sure. No, I'm not yeah,
1: sure. Yeah. So, uh, Pep. Uh, Pep Laya is the CEO. He's the one that did also CXL. I don't know if you know. Yeah, you... I know you. Yeah. yeah. He, same, same person. And I interviewed him and, uh, we were talking about, Hey, you know, writing content and landing pages and stuff. And that, you know, the G, the GPT three, I think is the whole AI generation of content. Right. <clears throat> and what's funny is we were talking about this because a lot of people think they can shortcut the content generation piece. Oh, I'll just let the AI do it. And his point, which I wanted to ask you about, his point was, I think aligned with your point. He's just like, well, you know what? AI and bots don't buy stuff, humans buy stuff. So you need to know if a human will actually buy something from your copy. And I thought that's really spot on. And, 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 and I know like, you know, everyone wants to be able to write copy quicker, but to your point, which, which I don't think this, you know, I don't think AI is going to be able to do for a long time is write that unique content. That's not like everything else. Cause GPT three is going to just generate whatever. I mean, it's going to generate the same thing. I mean, within yeah. reason, but you know what I mean? So uh, uh, do you see that trend where a lot of customers are like, Oh, I'll just, I'll just get the AI to do it. Or, I mean, do you use any of those tools to sort of like, help out or is it just like no man we have our process and we don't you know we don't we don't use any tools like that
2: yeah definitely definitely uh to be honest like a week or two ago i tried one ai tool uh i i gave it a go uh but like i i gave him a job to write like 20 or 30 articles to be honest like they're very very bad (laughs) I mean, (laughs) well, yeah, that's good. I'm good. We have a job (laughs) still. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, I think that in the near future, like in the next 10, 20, 30 years, AI will never be able to replace uh, us content writers, right? Uh, But I think that AI has one use case. Mm. And that use case is actually doing research for you. right oh, So I think that uh, it will never be able to write compelling copy as we can, right? but you can uh, use the AI, uh, run different like searches, uh, make him write different articles, and then use his content as a research, as an outline, right? And then you go on top of that and write great content, right? So I think that's one use case uh, for the AI, but I also think that right now, it's not good even for that. Mm, Really? Really? Yeah. Interesting. I mean, at least the tool I tried, Mm. at least the tool I tried, uh, Mm. I mean, the the content in the game, it really didn't make any sense. (laughs) I mean, and you're a non-native English speaker. That's even better.
1: (laughs) It's like, it didn't even make sense to me. And I should, you know, interesting. So you think it's more like in, okay. Yeah. So how how do you guys, like, what tools do you use to research that sort of stuff? Because what I've found is really, really challenging to write original content. That's compelling. The research is pretty, you have to do a really good job of it. And sometimes it's super hit and miss. Like I, you know write something think, oh, this is great. And and it's like, oh, no, it's not great. And then I write something else and it's like, how come that's so good? This isn't. So are there any like research tips that you you, you would uh, like to share?
2: Yeah, definitely. So uh, first things first, we identify potential topics by taking a look at Ahrefs, right? And finding Mm, keywords.
1: Love Ahrefs. Ahrefs. Uh,
2: Yeah, it's, it's one really amazing tool. Uh, so, we take a look at HFs, we find potential topics there. Once we align on the topic, right, now we go with the research. First thing we do is we check uh, four, five or six articles that are already ranking first for that keyword and uh, we go on and see what makes them unique and we try to understand what are they writing about, right? Uh, we write down our findings uh, and then we see what can we do to make our article even better, right? So then we try to find the gaps. Sometimes like uh, you don't need to re- reinvent the wheel, right? You just need to make article uh, UX of the article easier, right? Mm, and mm. it's going to be an after rank for Google. Uh, essentially, like that's the first thing we do. We we read our competitors' article, competitive articles. Then we go out to different communities, uh, online communities. So we like to use Facebook a lot. There are there are a lot of great Facebook communities, especially in the SaaS, e-commerce, or sales space. Uh, and we go out there and we ask for feedback, right? We ask for quotes. We ask for uh their are methods of solving some problems, right? So we try to uh, find the gold inside those communities, and then we use that in, in our content. Uh, third thing we do, we have our own uh, hero. So you heard about help a reporter out, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Haro, yep, yep, yeah. I, use uh, I use it a
2: lot. We are using it as well, but we are also building our own version. Oh. Uh, Yeah, so we actually have right now a community of almost 100 partners uh, from the SaaS world, SaaS space, 100 experts. And every week, uh, we are sending them one email uh, outlining each article that we are writing this week, right? And then we give them like a Google form. They can fill out the Google form and send us their submissions right? And uh, that way we are also able to get really high quality content and golden nuggets out there from the real experts. So that's, that's pretty much in short, how we approach content research.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's another, um, there's another company that does that. I don't remember the name of it. It's the, it's these uh, roundup posts. Like, I think that's what you're talking about where it's like, oh, and, and, they send me an email like every week and they're like, here are the 10 things we're working on. Why are you, if you're a quote unquote expert, like click, click on one and then you fill it out and then they, you know, give you an attribution, right? They give you a link back or whatever, which is really cool. And, and Haro uh, is, is a great resource. It is it is super cumbersome though <laughs> to work with yeah. because if anyone, and I actually highly recommend everyone listening to actually subscribe to Haro. Cause it's a good way to get um, free publicity. Once you, if you contribute, you have to keep at it. But what's cool about Haro, um, the good and the bad, you know, they give you three emails a day and it's literally an email just chocked full of stuff. Yeah, I agree it, right, yeah. I don't think the UI on that's changed in, probably since he started it. And that's probably a couple of decades ago, it seems.
2: <laughs> I mean, on top of that, uh, Cheryl was also acquired.
1: Yes, by Cision. Uh, and by and Cision. the new
2: company like literally did nothing.
1: Oh yeah. No, no. So so yeah. So let uh, yeah. So then the PR world there's Scission. Scission is this massive database yeah. back in the day. I mean I mean it probably started in the 70s and eight maybe even longer. Their interface is horrible, like just absolutely horrible. And it's so expensive. And if you're a PR pro, you either use Scission or you use something called MuckRack. MuckRack's like the next level of Scission. It's a little better. It's still expensive because of what it is. I mean, it's it's interesting because um, there's lots of companies trying to solve this problem. And I've always been just frustrated with, why is this so expensive? Like, it's a SaaS play. Like, how come I have to pay, you know, 10x what I would normally pay a SaaS company? Like, your data is okay. It's not worth 10x, right? And it, it's yeah. frustrating. So, yeah, if you could find a way to build like a muckrack or a scission in a HARO that's 10x less expensive and has the same quality, you'll get more people than just PR pros using it. I Think that's the thing these PR folks miss. They always go after the big, massive companies that are like, Oh, hey, you know, you're IBM, and of course, you're going to buy the latest and greatest because you got this massive budget. But if you're like a startup or a small business, like the bottom of the pyramid, no one's going to pay 300 bucks a month or 250 bucks a month for this. Like they can't afford it, but they would pay 25.
2: Yeah, yeah, and that's then. True. A,
1: yeah, and then the scale, it just scales massively. And then it's like, well, then what's your advantage? I, 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 I you know, in full disclosure, you know, I have been a subscriber of Cision and of Muckrack. I actually love Muckrack a lot more, but I just, it's just too expensive.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, like you just said, uh, Jason Lemkin from Sastra had some really great t- tweets uh, like two weeks ago when he explained how in every uh, 10 billion market, there is like space for at least three, uh, one billion plus unicorns, right? So it's the same like you just said in the PR space. I mean, there is space for new unicorns everywhere. We just need to find them.
1: Well, and yeah, and it's just so fascinating because I mean, the the way Muckrack does it, Is they pull they pull Twitter feed right? Twitter actually did a genius thing, right? They're like, "Here's our pipe, go for it, build stuff." And you're like, "Oh wow, this is really cool." And pretty much every reporter on the planet's on Twitter. It's like the place. They don't go to anywhere else. It's just Twitter. Yeah, and so you know, so they can you know they 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 actually have a pretty good way to kind of see reach and everything and it's all nebulous this whole PR you know um, reach and you know earned media is such a joke like who knows man <laughs> you know everyone can you justify your pr spend and I'm all okay well <laughs> um we can go earned media I guess you know and, I mean yeah, I mean same probably the same thing with you I mean at least with content which is beautiful and the reason why like hrefs and even all the analytics tools you know good content because good content ranks high and you're like yeah. hey that's on the top page it's got this many clicks it's got this many things you know organic and both paid right so the metrics pretty solid like you can now whether or not it goes to buy is clearly the thing you got to worry about and one of the things that i'm working on Uh, Is this thing called this concept called the story funnel, which is all about how to map this whole thing out—the entire ecosystem—from prospects to customers to advocates. Because what I found, and I'd like to ask you this as well, what I found is people are always really good at the north of buy. My my friend Ravi and and my co co creator of Story Funnel, he's like, yeah, north of buy, everyone has digital ads, content. All that's great. But then south of buy, onboarding, advocacy and all that kind of falls off the cliff. Um, so in your practice, do you mostly focus on like getting people to buy? Or how, how? what are some of the metrics that your customers use to judge you?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, that that pretty much depends from, from a client to client, right? Uh, our main, uh, let's call it like unique selling point, is that we help SaaS companies to go uh, up, up to more than like $5 million in annual recurring revenue. And that's actually what we do. But on the other hand, we have other clients such as, for example, GetResponse, who already has like $60 million in annual recurring revenue or more. I don't know the exact numbers, but like they have 400 employees out there, right? And uh, there are like different metrics for them. We also recently, uh, we are right now in the pipeline. We have one really great client. Uh, We need to, we will soon, I think, close a deal with them. And they, they already have a lot of revenue, right? But they want to position themselves as the other type of the tool, right? So uh, it's really, it's really different. And usually, uh, they evaluate us by the trials or sign-ups they get. Uh, we don't. I mean, they can't evaluate our services based on the new paying customers, right? Because what happens after they start a free trial—that's not up to us, right? I mean, the, there is like your user onboarding flow, customer success team, product-led growth, whatever. We are there to make them try you, right, to schedule yeah. a demo or whatever, but yep. we are not responsible for actually converting them from trial customers to paying customers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, usually we like to evaluate ourselves uh, by the money we bring, right, so the trial customers. Uh, and for me, that's that's the only and the best metric for content marketing. Hmm. It doesn't uh, matter if I have like 100K organic search or 10K, you know, it, 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 it's uh, it's not relevant. What's relevant at the end of the day is how much signups you get from content.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, <clears throat> the total like, yeah, how do you get them? How do you get that interaction to the next level? How do you get them to take action? How do you get them to say, here's my email. I mean, I think email is probably one of the best currencies for this sort of thing. The, because every time you have to sign up for something, you clearly have to give them your email so they can set your account up. And then once you get them in the email pipe, then you're right. That's sort of, then you got to get them to buy. And then once you get them to buy, I think a lot of people fall off the cliff really quick when it comes to building out that whole onboarding and, being productive and then being a fan and an advocate like that. Yeah. I think a lot of people need to work on. And, and what's interesting is that <clears throat> that advocacy point, if you work all the way back does impact your North of by content, it does impact what you do because those people that are actually like, I love what you do are the best people <laughs> to be yeah, like,
2: yeah, that's
1: I mean, when you tell your buddy, Hey like HREFS, right. I tell everyone I know about H, I'm like, you gotta use this as the greatest tool ever. Same with Canva. Love Canva. Just absolutely could not live without Canva. If Canva went away, I would fly to Australia and be like, you guys can't, <laughs> you guys can't quit, right? Same with Zero for accounting. I mean, there are these great, great tools, SaaS tools, that have built such a strong advocacy because they have great products and services. But if you look at the content for Hrefs, Canva. Zero, not I don't don't do it much for zero because I don't I'm not like a power user of it. But for Canva and Ahrefs, their content is stellar. Like there is no doubt that you use that tool and you do what they say. I mean, I've done a lot of like the Ahrefs, some of the tutorials to refresh content. This stuff works. I'm like, wow,
2: it works. (laughs) Like I can't believe it. You know, I I did the work right, and so. Uh, yeah. So we actually have uh, a content term that we use for our clients and potential clients. When they ask us like, like what kind of content do you write? We we tell them we write HF style content. Yeah.
1: It's now it's now an adjective. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's true. I mean, yeah. they nail it. I mean. It's sort of like if you're a, if you're a personal trainer, I always, I laugh at this and it's, it's true and it's a little bit controversial, but like, I have a bunch of friends that are personal trainers and they're like, my biggest advertisement is what I look like because yeah. that's what my clients want. They're like, you've got your, your stuff together. You look the way I want to look. Right. And there are lots of, that's missed a lot. And it's interesting because you're right. If, if I was to say. What's the type of content that, like, I write? Yeah, I think it would be Href style, maybe a little bit of Canva style. Um, I'm a real big fan. I used to be a big fan of HubSpot. I'm not so much a big fan of HubSpot anymore. Just it's a long story, but um, <laughs> you know, it's this. You know, even um, like Stephen Pressfield type, you know Seth yeah. Godin type of content, where you know, or or Brian Clark like. I don't know if he's the godfather yeah. of copywriting, but copy is So he's like, there's the a half a dozen folks that are like, you're the guys, right? So, or the gals that like started all this, Simone, I don't remember her last name, but um, I think her last name was Simone. But anyway, like this whole groundswell, it, it is good to say, oh, that's my style. and And I think it's just like when you're an author, when people ask, well, so what are your books like? okay, yeah, you know, you may feel a little offended by that, but all of us have stylistic things that we've taken from other, there's no doubt every single one of us, you know, we, you know, if we're artists, we steal like a lot and it's stealing is not in the sense that we nefarious about it, but the people who influence us are pretty big. And so like, what are some of the influences on you? I mean, you know, you're, You've been around 21 years, <laughs> you're in Serbia, <laughs> English is a second language, you're writing content, clearly doing it really well. What are some of those inspirations that you find and your team finds?
2: Yeah, so I mean, we are, uh, to be honest, we are inspired inspired by a lot of people, right? So when it comes to content, like we said, Brian Clark, Ahrefs, we also like what P-Player and the rest of the CXL team does. So it's really, uh, really amazing work. Uh, myself, I, I personally, I really like, uh, there are like three entrepreneurs that I really admire. One is, one is Dave Gerhard, CMO at Privy. Uh, his community is really, really great. I think that there is no better community for B2B marketing than his. His community is called DGMG. Uh, I think that it, it's that way now. And uh, the other two guys that influence me a lot are Dan Martel. Uh, I think he's a very, very experienced guy in SaaS. And I really like what Ryan Kulp does. So he's a guy who bought one uh, well, like Shopify app, rebranded it, and then uh, grew it to uh, to disguise and uh, he's a really great guy as well. And I like him because it's something that's similar that we do at content horse. So we are not, we are not just the content marketing agency. Uh, we are also business starters, right? So we like to launch new products or new agencies every like quarter or so to test them to like uh, grow them fast. And, and that's what we actually do besides Uh, offering content marketing services so yeah those are like people that influence me personally the most and the other team members as well have you heard of the hustle newsletter uh yeah i've heard of hustle newsletter uh haven't been following them for a lot of time but I heard that they got acquired by HubSpot. I think. They did. Yeah.
1: yeah, I was I was a minor investor.
2: <laughs> so, I,
1: so I got a little return. I I I know Sam. Um, I used to take some of my professional athletes to go visit him when they were in town. Say, this is what a startup's like, because you know he's just such a creative guy. He's got a community called Trends, yeah. which I would hide. If you're not in it, I just it's so worth it. Like you, you know, you were talking about communities where you can see where things work. The trends community is just this mad. I mean, it's, it's actually growing too fast. I think personally, it's just so much, it's overwhelming, but there's B2B, B2C, direct to consumer, all these business folk and they're there. The trends, like I think they do it every two weeks, email, the summary email, it's so filled with like, tr- like trends and signals and flares and business ideas and what people are doing. It's just this, it's, it, it's amazing. And I think that's the reason why they got bought, to be honest, because I think one of the things that, e- that everyone uh, wants, especially B2B companies, well, I think most companies want this, right? You want this intimate connection with the customer because yeah, exactly. if someone buys from you, right? Right once chances are they'll buy from you again if they really like what you're doing and again i think that's that south of buy thing that i don't i I mean i don't know how many i I don't know why people don't focus more on that i mean there is a there is a company called zuberance i think it's zuberance this guy named uh rob runs it and i think it's rob um which they all they 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 work on like advocacy right and I'm just curious if you think that, you know, as people start to like, so, okay, good content matters. No robots aren't going to write our content anytime soon. <laughs> Great. Whew. I have a job. You have a job. We all have jobs. Right? Yeah. Um, but I got to believe that there's going to be a point where the 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 content, I mean, there's the north of buy content where we're trying to grab people like prospects. Hey, come try, come try, come try. Do, do you guys also write the, oh yeah, you actually, you said you don't like the content that's south of buy, like helping cut your now customers be successful. Do you see that as a big growth opportunity or something you're looking at? Or is it just something like, yeah, we don't do that. We're just sort of in our own thing.
2: Yeah. So right now we are not doing that as a service, right? Uh, we are some, I mean, in some cases we do, if it's like some really, really special deal but it's not in our regular service offering. But when it comes to that, I think that uh, you call it like, how do you call it? South? South of buy. South, south of buy, buy. Yeah. yeah. So I think that that south of buy is equally important as a north of buy, right? So you can get someone to sign up for your product, but it's not a guarantee that they are going to pay you, right? You need to take care of their onboarding. You need to, uh, I mean, there are like a lot of product-led growth strategies that you can use that can literally uh, skyrocket your business. You need to take care of your community, right? So back in the days when I was working for Lamblist, Lamblist is one amazing called email outreach tool. Uh, it's like a mailshake shake alternative. And they have probably the most powerful uh, cold email and sales community out there, right? So uh, they they have it's called on Lam, on Facebook it's called Lemlist Family, and the level of engagement inside it, it's it's amazing, right? So and that community after I leave them so I leave them when they were around. 3 million in annual recurring revenue. Right now, a uh, year after that, I think they are around six or seven million in annual recurring revenue. So, a pretty, it's like over 100% uh, year over year growth rate. Uh, and that community was one of the main drivers of growth for them. So, it's a community with around 15K people, not wow. more. Wow. So it's like a pretty small community, fifteen thousand people, but it's really amazing and people inside are super engaged, the playlist and the team in the entire team. Mm-hmm. So yeah.
1: Yeah, that's Out
2: of the is equally important.
1: Yeah, the the trend the trends community. It, I mean it must be that big now. I when I first started with it. He, when he, so it's interesting. So like, any I have a rule, like anything Sam says, like, Hey, I'm doing this thing. Are you in? I'm like, just in click. <laughs> like I just, cause you never know, like it could go belly up or whatever, but you know, I'm always like, Oh, this is, he's got something cooking. That's interesting. So I think I got into the trends community when they first, when they first did it. And there was less than a thousand people in it at that point. It was a, it's a Facebook private Facebook group. I think it's got to be north of 10 K now it's, it's just amazing. And so, yeah,
2: definitely. Definitely.
1: So, so you're, you also have this thing, new thing, switching topics called Padino. Is that what it's called? Padino.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Podino, yeah,
1: you know, and that's all about podcasting and, exactly. um, what's interesting about podcasting and content marketing, uh, I, I, I don't know if you've, if you've found this, but a lot of times with a podcast interview, like what we're doing right now, you know, we can let the conversation breathe, we can find the nuggets, we can pull out certain things, you know, um, much different than actual written content. Although in order for you to actually find this podcast, I have to write some content so that you'll be <laughs> like, oh, I want to, I want to hear what, Ugi, you know, uh, Ugi has, or you, you have to say, right? Um, so how, how did Podino come about and how is, has, is podcasting sort of going into your guys' content strategy?
2: Yeah, definitely. So, uh, like I mentioned earlier, we like to launch new things, right? And, uh, the most recent one is actually Podino. So that's a product productized service where we help other clients, other businesses, personas to get featured to speak on the best podcasts in their niche, right? And we schedule them podcasts that are literally in the top 1% in the world. So we go that far. And uh, it's the latest thing that we launched. Uh, We are aiming to make it as out automatic as possible right so we like have the processes in place from the day one we have a process for acquiring customers process for getting podcasts so everything can run smoothly and uh, yeah that's that's the newest product uh, what was your second question how
1: does that fit into all this content marketing because yeah
2: content marketing yeah yeah, uh, yeah sorry so Essentially, the idea for Podino was born after I was speaking with a couple of content horse clients, right? And they mentioned that they would like to appear on podcasts. And for me, that was a clear signal like, wow, this can like boost our revenue very much. And after we launched Podino, we improved our content horse revenue for like more than 20% right? So it was a really, really huge and really great, let's call it like a growth hack, but although I don't love that term very much.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's because they don't, so a a hack, right, a growth hack will eventually be arbitraged to zero because once people figure it out, they then exploit it and then it goes away. That's same with ad any kind of ad hack, any kind of, you know, growth stuff. The only thing I think, I think you'll agree with this. The only thing that really works in the long term is good quality content based on a definitely. great story and good products. Right. That's, I mean, that stands the test of time. So I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: definitely. So yeah, that, that's how we got an idea for Podino. Uh, after that we, we launched the agency to the other people as well, as well who are not, content horse clients. And yeah, right now, uh, I mean, before we launched Podino, we haven't quite had podcasting game in the plan, right? So we were, I mean, as the agency itself, we don't pretty much do sales for ourselves, right? So content horse, the main client acquisition channel for content horse is the word of mouth and the referrals, right? And totally. I think that's the the best way to grow agency. It's oh, a slow yeah. one, and it's the unpredictable way to grow the agency, but the leads that come through word of mouth are the best lead seller, right? Well,
1: I think that's true for any business, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole like idea of the south of buy stuff, yeah. right? If, if you are doing such a great job with your customers, it is only natural that they'll be like hey you got to go check out content horse it's awesome or hey you got to go you know be on the entrepreneur ethos podcast it was such a great experience man just we just talked about such cool stuff and you know and and that i think is the goal honestly of good content and a good what i call story funnel process because it doesn't matter if you're an agency a car dealer a bakery a saas product direct to consumer that i think is the ultimate game
2: Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, yeah, back to the question right now, uh, as we started doing podcasting PR, we call it like podcasting PR for other clients. We also started doing it for ourselves, right? So uh, right now, I mean, I was a guest on a lot of podcasts, but it's not like the strategy. It was not the plan. You know, I was like, someone asked me, hey, do you want to talk? talk here do you want to speak about this and that and i say yeah why not but right now uh we are also scheduling podcasts for ourselves because that's the best use case right i mean uh we are telling everyone that our clients are getting results from podcasts you know it it, it would be the best <laughs> if you tell that we also get results from podcasts yeah you got to like you got to eat your own dog food right <laughs> yeah definitely definitely so yeah that's that's how we I love it uh, started like doing uh, podcasting for ourselves we are also soon launching our own podcast wow great yep and uh it's gonna be a really really amazing one funny one uh we are gonna give challenge to ourselves mm. and then we are gonna document the story but i don't want want to reveal too much right now <laughs> I'm just teasing. I'm just yeah, teasing. good, good. That's a really good cliffhanger, right? I
1: love that. I love it. No, yeah, I mean, definitely. it's great. You know, and, and like I said before, at the, the top of what we were talking about, I mean, your 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 cold email to me was really well done, very thoughtful. Uh, it piqued my interest. That's the reason why you're on the show. Like, yeah. you, know, you know, some would say, well, we're kind of quote unquote competitors in this landscape. But I mean, the pie is so big for what we do. I you know the the cooler people I talk to about all the stuff going on is just it's so much it's so much better for everyone right because the pie is always going to expand there's always going to be a need for great content writers and I think now what I'm trying to focus on is okay how do you get that great content and then how do you get that great content south of by right like let's yeah, start developing more advocates and Looking forward to hearing your podcast. Um, looking forward to you know how how everything goes and really appreciate your time. This, this has just been really insightful. So thank you for this.
2: Yeah, thank you very much, Jerry, as well.
1: Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did creating it. My hope is that you learned something that can make you a little bit better. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do share it with friends and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also join my email list by visiting theentrepreneurethos.com to get my thoughts on what I'm doing to get better, as well as what I'm working on. You can also pick up my book, The Entrepreneur Ethos, if you want to learn the traits, values, and beliefs that I think we need to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient entrepreneur and, frankly, world community. Feel free to follow me on Twitter, at The Daily MBA, and let me know if you have any questions, or recommendations for a guest you'd like me to talk to. Also, drop me a note if you try anything we talked about on this or any other episode. I'd love to hear what's working for you. Until next time, keep getting better.